Hey, Obsidian Blade, this is Joe. And I think you're talking about uh, the last episode I put out concerning identity. And so to use your words, feel for the fire. Absolutely. You know, when I talk about the first few stages in the process of biology, beliefs, conviction, and identity, it was really about uncovering and discovering what's already there. It isn't really a creative process. It's rather learning to make peace by accepting the things within us and accepting the context in our lives that we have placed ourselves in. But Dan Pena talks about, you know, people move forward for two reasons, that they come to him for two reasons. They are motivated by either desperation or inspiration. You know, inspirations, we, we, we have an insight. As I say, lessons are insight. We have an insight and we are inspired to take action in a meaningful way. But the other thing, and this is what has driven me for the last seven years, it's desperation. I, that is the fuel for the fire. You know, for me, I, I, would, I went back to school at 32 and I remember being 32 surrounded by 18 and 19 year olds. I felt embarrassed. I felt ashamed. Yet I kept telling myself, just keep showing up. If you make it past your two-year mark, Joe, you can tell people you're halfway done. When you graduated, I said, then I can tell people, guess what? I'm going to law school. And then when I was in law school, I can say, you know, I'm in law school. And then, you know, down the line. But without a doubt, when people ask me, Joe, why are you so focused? I tell them it's because I'm so desperate to move on to make good on the promises that I started back in 2010. And again, that is my fuel for the fire to prove to everyone else and, and myself. And maybe that's not necessarily coming from a good place, but I'm finally now at a place where I can start acting out of creativity, inspiration. You know, and the thing that you also brought up is about not letting go of what we've learned. And that was the other thing I talked about. Again, I don't believe in change. I think by saying I've changed, we're trying to make ourselves feel better by carving out that past that we're embarrassed by. But it's also an easy way to tell people around us to make them feel more comfortable with the new us. You know, I've changed. You don't need to worry about me acting like that anymore. But if we do that, then we don't have any of the second part, the lessons. And it's those lessons that give us the wisdom. When we have our experiences embedded within our heart and our mind, and we remember what it felt like, when we can move forward no longer behaving the same or we're, we're out of the same context, that perspective now provides us with the wisdom to move forward. So thank you for calling in. I like how you phrase it, fuel for fire for other people. That's Dan Pena's desperation. And for me, it was humiliation to get to a point where I could finally be proud of not the new version of me, but the evolution of who I am now choosing to be. Hey, Melvin, this is Joe. Thanks for the call. In. And it's funny. One of the first things I tell everyone when I talk to them is, you know, to friends and family and other people I meet is do the big sister or the big brother approach. Imagine that you had a little brother in this case or a little sister and he or she had told you everything you just told me that Melvin, 
you know, mom or dad or my parents or whoever it is told me growing up I wasn't good enough and they told to me again I wasn't good enough and now I have self-doubt and I don't know how to get through it. I bet you, Melvin, you as the role of a person in authority or someone who loves and cares for that little person would come up with real practical advice. You would have the wisdom and the perspective to try to guide them away from believing in the self-doubt that fills them. Now, you can do that right now, of course, you can do it anytime, and I've done it to myself and it made me think, what would I tell someone that was in my shoes? I'd say that's a load of crap. Self-doubt? Well, let's get into it, because we have self-esteem, which is a belief about yourself innately, how you're built, how you're born. It has to do with who you are, that unchangeable essence. And then we have self-efficacy, which involves feedback from the real world. But let's focus on the first part. If you go back over identity, right, which is where you're talking from, uh, you'll realize that it's about a belief. But what is a belief? It is an idea and or opinion that you justify so much so that you accept it and adopt it into your own worldview. Well, let's look at what's really going on, Melvin. Your parents told you you weren't good enough. It was an idea and or an opinion. And you took it, you listened to it. And because it came from a person in authority, you justified it as being correct. That is the process. Now it has been adopted into your own worldview. And I guarantee you, if it affects your action in the real world, you have plucked it from your mind and placed it as a poison dart in your heart. And you are walking around with that, looking at the world through the lens of somebody else. Unfortunately, it is a belief and a conviction about you and what you're incapable of doing. I can tell you this. Think about everything I just said. Take a pause. If you were me and you had someone you cared about in your shoes telling you everything that you just put out there in the calling, what love, what good advice would you give them? I'm sure you would give a motivational speak and try to point out that it doesn't exist. I'm sure you would come up with something inspirational or meaningful. But here's the thing. Now that you've identified this and you recognize it is a choice to keep that thought in your mind, let's look at efficacy. Have you actually experienced yourself not being capable in the real world? And that's kind of a trick question. Because I know for me, for many years in my life, if people would have asked me that, I would have said, yes, I've experienced myself not being good enough. But then the real question is, why were you not good enough? And if we had more time, I guarantee you, I could pull out from you that the reason you weren't good enough is because you didn't go all in. I promise you, there's a difference between the kind of people that fail and think I'm a failure versus the kind of winners in the world that go out there, try something and recognize, man, I gave it my best. And even though I'm disappointed in the outcome, there's no way in hell I'm going to think that I'm a loser. And for you, Melvin, this is the thing. Let's put it all together. You recognize you have a false belief that was not based on any real world evidence. And you have carried that around with you you need to let that go. Number two, let's look at the things you have done, the efficacy. How have you succeeded in life? And let's say, for argument's sake, 
you still believe for some reason that you're not good enough. And let's believe for a second that you haven't accomplished anything in your life. Then the only thing here is to take action. Really take action to start changing. I would like to say that you're an adult now, just like the same people who put that original thought in your head, the one you've been carrying around, but now as an adult and a man, it's time to replace it with something new.